Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 130, episode 2 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers and fuck Fox oh News. Fuck Fox it's Fox. Tuesday, April 21st, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Don't open the door, stay in and quar. Everybody do the dinosaur. Uh, that is courtesy of Hannah Soltis. I like and that I'm they didn't change to be the joined. end. I know. Hannah Soltis is the master of changing only a syllable or two because she knows I can't handle anything else. I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Quarantine, the distance in ain't easy. Smoke a fat blunt and watch TV. All people in the house will agree. Fuck Trump and trust the CDC. C, C of DC. Quit running to the grocery. Eat all your food before it goes expired. Thank you, too. Hannah Soltis, that's two for two now uh, with a doing time sublime uh, inspired AKA. And thank you so much because technically, yes, we're doing this on 420 and I'm singing that with a joint in my mouth. So thank you, Hannah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, authentic. And uh, I, I do like that we we can see the difference between uh, Hannah writing to my level of ability versus Miles' level of ability. Uh, that That's the true AKA genius right there. Uh, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by our quarantine co-host, Jamie Loftus. Hello, Zyking podcast friends. I've come as third core host again. <laughs> My vision needs some releasing. Can't k- keep staring at Sonny's lower teeth. And some <laughs> jokes I will say for my charity cameos. Follow the rules of distance. Mm, all right. Beautiful. That's a beautiful one. I really like that. Yeah. That was from at Dad Hound. Dad Hound. So that beautiful one was from at Dad Hound. So thanks at Dad Hound. <laughs> now is that a is that somebody who's like a dad who's a real hound, or is that somebody who is like real into dads? That's the question. Father that, two hounds. You know, there's a lot of yeah. ways to interpret it. I yeah, like it. That's very difficult to that's know. Well, we art makes are thrilled ask. to be joined in our fourth seat by a podcast legend. Uh, the number one fuckboy, Mr. John Gabris! Every night I ask the stars up above, why must I be a quarantine ager in love? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to sing a themed song as well. Uh, sh- shout out to Mom Hound, who wrote that one for Wow, me. what a power couple. Power cup. Oh, I thought they were exactly. brother sister. That makes so much more sense. Yeah. <laughs> she took his name. <laughs> Dr. Hound, if you will. Uh, John, how is the quarantine treating you? Um, I am. The main negative emotion I feel is guilt for how easy it is for me. I feel terrible. <laughs> I have such a champagne problem. My main concern is the lack of restaurants I'm eating at. So, like, my brother's a nurse, and he's like, so I'm not even like, I can't even think about anything to complain about. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. He's like, it's weird Where's- to see people bitching about staying home. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess if you're doing 48 hours in the fucking COVID ward, it's a different story. Yeah. yeah right. It's funny Christ. to talk to like my buddies who are like firefighters or nurses or whatever, and everyone's just sort of like, yeah, I don't know what's different right now for anyone. It's just my job's worse now. Like, right. And I'm like, huh. And I'm like, as I like complain on a Zoom call about how the dispensary won't tell me which brands are doing a 420 deal today. And I'm like, what do you mean he can't say over the phone? Well, then I, I don't want to drive in and then be disappointed. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what were you saying about the lack of PPE? <laughs> PPE. What do you mean Postmates doesn't have their full menu? What? They don't have all of the sandwiches? Oh, well, fuck. I hate this uh, quarantine. <laughs> As my brother like uh, intubates a coworker. Oh, fuck. I'm Jesus here. Christ. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Uh, well, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. 
Uh, we're going to run through a couple stray thoughts on episodes one and two of The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan docu-series that I've been looking forward to. It seems like a, a few other people who miss basketball Jackson, have been looking forward to it. Real excited. Jamie, our uh, basketball correspondent, also yeah. watched it. Yeah. Uh, so should Thank we you. talk about that? Ball is life. It's Hot like takes from say. the garden. There, there, was, there was multiple times where I looked over at my boyfriend and dead serious was like, it ball really is life to him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a game. So true. Yeah. So true. There's a New York Times article on what the next two years uh, might look like, just various scenarios, and a bunch of them read like sci-fi. Uh, and I still think some of them, most of them are too optimistic, but we're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about the coronavirus commercial the the new brand of commercial that mm. we now have if, if you watch anything on TV uh, there is an identical ad that that you will see mostly constructed of uh, stock footage <laughs> of mm. that that used to only exist for the purposes of cut rate coffee commercials but now is everything is the entire aesthetic of American yeah. commercials just follow the um, nine covid commercial commandments and you will yeah, have exactly just follow this guide map and you will have the content you desire. Uh, we're going to talk about Demolition Man. Some people are saying it predicted this version of the future. And uh, I just want to get John, your uh, thoughts on just action movies in general. Any action movies you've seen since the since the Quar? Uh, we're going to talk about Shake Shack. Uh, returning $10 million and just how much we miss it. And we're going to talk about quarantine activities, all of that, plenty more. But first, John, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are or who we are, where we are? Where I are can we? I can tell you what my last two major searches were um, that kind of define my personality in quarantine. Volcano tips and tricks. I was learning. I just purchased a store, a huge stores and dollar. Yep, I got the. You can maybe see it there, Miles. Wait. Oh, uh, uh, there you go. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't do oh. the uh, perspective thing. Uh, so I bought a seven hundred dollar vaporizer. Um, and also my other search term is Filipino stick fighting introduction. <laughs> oh wow! Get into Kali. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting into a uh, a screma or uh, or a screma. Yeah, that's yeah, what it is. yeah. Because I think Kali is the knife and a scrim. Like, I think yeah, it's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but you want to be in a screamador. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting really into, yeah, I'm getting into <laughs> weapon door. I I, uh, <laughs> I was taking martial arts before the quarantine. And then I was like, it's going to be weird to practice martial arts in my house. But then I did go online, purchase practice a sticks and real a sticks for the <laughs> nightstand in case of an intruder. But nice. uh, so I <laughs> stone to the fucking bone, standing in this office like a foot behind me, shirtless, swinging sticks around, matching guys <laughs> in YouTube videos while my wife Brit. works her career from home. So right, it's been right. a real nice pairing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're doing Now's you're doing some self improvement too. Now's a good time to get some weird weapons at your house. I think. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I've only felt more comfortable with my cosplay sword at that like leaned up against the door in case someone comes in. Hell yeah. 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 That's how you, you just do go it. and answer the door with it and just kind of. Yeah, just slap it against brandishing my hand. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you know how Mad Max movies happen. It's like, <laughs> why do all these guys have weird weapons and outfits? And it's like, oh, if fast forward two years from now in LA, everyone's going to have fucking supreme face masks and like scarves and shoulder pads and weird fucking <laughs> cosplay swords and sticks. And right. that's how. Yeah. And then we're all in a gang. It's like, I guess, oh, Jamie has a dune buggy. I guess <laughs> she drives and we hang on the outside of it. <laughs> right. Like, right. you just all build out of sporting goods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And one of us oh, always, <laughs> one of us always has to drag whatever our signature weapon is on the ground as the car moves, just scraping the road with it. Oh, just yeah. For, yeah, for yeah. sure. Full intimidation factor. Also, we're all in thongs. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Our cheeks are all yeah. exposed. How, how big of a turkey bag have you cut off for that volcano? Like, how tricky are we getting here? Because in college, we used to do like, we had like a five foot bag we would do, sleeping bag, we'd call it. What? Oh, that's fucking awesome. I, I have the regular bag, and I've been doing that for now, but this new hybrid one has the uh, hookah top. And I feel like oh. a fucking uh, bounty hunter in the Star Wars world. I'm like, I have a metal robot that's glowing, and I have a tube coming out of it that I'm breathing right. in. 
And, it's and now you perfect. only deal in credits. <laughs> yeah, I literally <laughs> operate my entire life from the chair you're looking at in. I'm either podcasting or playing Diablo 3 while puffing on a fucking volcano. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife is getting insurance and income and 401k for us while I, while I gather fucking Mac Weldon money. <laughs> I'm like a Is your martial arts th- training from from a seat <laughs> from a chair chair based martial arts. <laughs> right. Oh, dude, that would be the one I'd be the best at. If you could find <laughs> a chair that could structurally support me moving around in it, then let's fuck. I'll do my all my martial arts from a chair. Just I I mean I totally know what a volcano is and what a turkey bag is. Obviously, what uh, what is that for our listeners though? I didn't know. E- okay. Stores and Bickle is this company that makes to for some people, you know, like the the highest level vol- like you know consumer vaporizer you can have in your house because you can't carry it around. It's like a fucking. It's like a desk piece you yeah. put down, yeah. and there's attachments to vaporize weed, and it's like a fan that will blow into inflate a turkey bag. I mean, there's a What's plastic a bag, bag that comes with it. It's what almost the fuck like is a, a turkey bag like that. Oh, just a turkey size bag. Plastic bag. And it'll fill up with vapor, and then you pull it off and put a mouthpiece on, and you're basically like bagpiping this vapor into your mouth with the mouthpiece. But as you you get, you know how like on the bagpipe, you have to depress the bladder for the air to come out. Yeah, yeah, come on, where my where my pipers at? Um, (laughs) So like in this sense, you you just sort of depress all the vapor into your mouth, but you can you can kind of make your own size bag if you want. That's the beauty of it. So idiot college kids will abuse it. And it'll turn into like a used car lot where they have like a seven foot turkey bag flailing with vapor in it. And all right. Just, and now uh, let me explain I... turkey bag because I'm sure you have a question. Oh, about yeah. That. that part. <laughs> the volcano comes with bags that fill with uh, the vaporized flour, but you can use turkey bags, which are like half the price of volcano bags because they're built to resist heat. They're built to cook turkeys in. So you could fill it with oh, hot vapor. Shit. But there a turkey bag is a roll that you can kind of cut to your own length. So you can make like a six foot bag, fill it all with the vapor from like a gram of weed and just take that out into the living room and play yep. Doom Eternal for a month. Yeah, exactly. That was like a Stuff You Should Know-esque ex- explainer on uh, what, what turkey bag means. And uh, I feel much more enlightened. Guys, I did not catch a word of that. It's like when when someone starts describing weed paraphernalia to me, my brain shuts all the way all off. All right, Jamie, get Isaac in here. Get there, Isaac in here Isaac, to translate. Isaac, was, <laughs> Isaac stayed up till 4.20 in the morning to smoke weed by himself outside yeah. to show yeah. commitment to his lifestyle. Yeah. I saw Isaac's I saw Isaac's hair when he fixed his life, <laughs> so I, you didn't have to tell me he stayed up till 4.20 to smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> is that something? Is that something you guys did, uh, Miles and John? Nah, I'm too no, old for that. I I can't do that. Too old. I, I, too old for this I feel, shit. Well, I guess you guys aren't real weed heads, are you? <laughs> Truly, it took me like five yeah. years of being married, uh, five years of being living with my wife to mm-hmm. put my bedtime to a reasonable bedtime. Because I was realizing yeah. she was going to bed at like 1130 and I was staying up till 330 in the morning every single night. And I was like, <laughs> why don't I just go to sleep with her? And I just started doing that. And I was like, wow, this is like way better. I'm waking up at a reasonable hour. I Granted, my Skyrim characters <laughs> are level of the 20. World. Instead of, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, this is like what a proper. <laughs> I can't do I can't stay up that much past midnight anymore. Uh, what is something you think is underrated, Gabriel? Amazon's Bosch. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm hearing suddenly. I fucking love that show. Uh, I think it's just like uh, a prestige procedural. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like as brainless as The Mentalist, but because it's like streaming and not like network and not 100 episodes. And uh, it just feels like a prestige. It's very A to A. It's just a right. cop who has got to get things done his way. But for us L.A. residents, it has a fun layer in that it takes place in L.A. And the writer, Michael Connolly, is obsessed with L.A. restaurants. And he lives here. And all his writing, like the Bosch, the character, stops at Birds to have the chicken and the onion rings because he loves it or whatever. So on <laughs> in the show, it's always like, hey, I brought you John and Vinny's. They're like, oh, if you're going to be that way, you got to hit up the roast beef spot on uh, Olympic. Like they, That shit is just uh, part of the show, which I dig. It's very geographical cool. in that way. Yeah, I had always associated that with Monk. 
and like psych and other one word things. I, I need to uh, check out Bosch. It is it is like that, but uh, ra- like rather than a quirky better. character, he's yeah. It's just better. It's like I, the phrase I use is for dads by dads. It's like clearly <laughs> written by a room full of dads to make men who right. aspire to be dads or have dad like energy to fucking feel good about them. So it's just like the main character Titus Welliver is like. And uh, a Navy SEAL from like Afghanistan, but he's also a cop, but his age doesn't make any sense because he's like <laughs> 60. So he would have been like a 48 year old Navy SEAL. So like, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're like history is wishy washy because uh, Bosch in the books is a Vietnam vet and it makes a little uh, more sense. <laughs> Hieronymus Bosch. That's his name. Yes. Right? Yeah. He's very, <laughs> very, very cool name. Uh, what is something cool. you think is overrated? Um, I feel bad because I, f- I frequently like things, so I have a hard time finding things overrated. Often if things if everyone's overrated, I watch it and I, I if everyone thinks something's overrated, I watch it and I go, what? Well, I think it's highly rated for a reason. <laughs> right, but, uh, right. but if I have to answer the question for the premise of the podcast, I would say Love is Blind. Everyone went apeshit for that Netflix show. I know that make, that puts me like fully 90 days behind culture uh, on a show that has the word daily in the title. Yeah, maybe you can listen to an episode from a month and a half ago where we talked about this. But uh, I thought it was fucking kind of boring and annoying. I thought it was yeah. kind of boring. Overrated, yeah. That Chet Hanks uh, Jamaican accent, huh? What's yeah. that about? I'll tell uh, you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know what people like about that is that it gets white people able to do the patois impression with being like, "Oh, I'm not, I'm making fun of someone else. I'm doing Chet Hanks. <laughs> Big ups. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, please file your complaints with uh, Chet Hanks. But yeah, no. I've, have you seen the new Netflix special where they're so they're made the contestants are so horny but they can't like do anything about I fin- it? I finished it last night. You did? Oh, I thought, you're, I thought yeah. you weren't allowed to finish. Don't you get a penalty if you finish? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it, the ending was disappointing, but uh, there were a few horny people I was a fan of. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It feels so weird how topical Love is Blind and this uh, horny hot people show how accidentally topical they ended up being like right right they're like yeah this took two years to put together we had no idea we would be dating in isolation and people would be so horny on their social media yeah (laughs) right yeah like back to back the premises of these shows was i'm in love with a disembodied voice and then the next one's i'm so horny and can't do anything about it Uh, yeah next month is i i put on 20 pounds and i hate my fucking wife How are they keep accidentally nailing the zeitgeist? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it said the title by accident. Uh, hey, what hey. is uh, what's a myth? Finally, what's something people think is true you know to be false, or vice versa? You know what? That fat dudes smell. Um, I feel like there that's just go. like a stereotype from like fucking movies. Back, <laughs> like dig deep as a white straight male to find a stereotype that bothers me. <laughs> 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 Do you ever see Shallow Hal? Well, that movie that ruined my childhood. <laughs> no, uh, I just I think there's just a lot of like uh, people just like for the longest time, fat was like the punchline for like smelly or farts. It's like gas affects all people. You know what I mean? Uh, and also that right. fat people, fat people like all food. You can get fat just drinking Coca Cola because um, like yeah. I get a look. Every time I tell someone I don't like sweets, <laughs> it's like I, I'm like you, I don't have to eat ice cream to get fat, dude. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> been- They're like you don't like sweets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're like, okay. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. So I'm here to bust that myth. Finally, everybody farts. Fat people's yes. farts don't smell worse or better. Um, he said, and fa- yeah. if you're if you're like fat to the degree where you could reach your whole body, then you don't have insane gross BO either. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, and just a quick appetizer, uh, this image that I'm pretty sure is real from a couple days ago. Jacksonville beaches reopened over the weekend, 
And 26 minutes later, somebody took a picture, uh, an aerial view of the beaches, and they're just like packed, just oh completely God. full of uh, people who are just ready to. It's, it seems like we, we are truly in a, in a bubble uh, in that we live in a city where people are not uh, outraged by, by the fact that we're being asked to shelter in place. It seems like a lot of people are, are taking that as a, uh, a direct challenge to their autonomy as Americans. That's good. Challenge your mortality at every turn. Yeah. Hell yeah. This is depressing. I think there's also that mentality though. I think like on some level, you kind of have to be in denial that anything bad could happen to you. Like, yeah, it's easy to act like this if you haven't accepted, like, you know what? Maybe the universe is so huge. I'm meaningless life form on this <laughs> tiny dot, like swirling the earth, and it could explode. And that has no effect on anything outside of maybe my social media. You know what I mean? Like, and to think yeah. like I can wander around and there's no way I could get sick. That's not going to happen. There's no way anyone I I could never be an asymptomatic carrier and then possibly infect someone in my family. Like it's just like you, yeah. you you're clearly not you, even doing those thought. You clearly don't even have those thoughts. You're gonna be like, yeah, fuck yeah. you. Let's hit the beach. Yeah, we did a live show on uh, the zeitgeist of the year 2000, and uh, one of the things we talked about was how the story that came out of the Y2K scare was that everybody got worked up for no reason and it was like not uh, anything to worry about and in reality like they spent a bunch of time and put a bunch of resources into preparing the computers so that nothing bad happened but the way it like kind of came to the general public and hit the zeitgeist was the like well there's nothing to worry about bad things don't happen everything's gonna work itself out you don't have to worry <laughs> about anything and it now I feel like that's been like even though 9-11 happened i feel like people again we had this very traumatic thing happen on tv but it never like reached people anywhere who who weren't like living directly around the the terror attacks so people are and not, and not to mention uh people are having the reaction to the coronavirus that we were told to have to a terrorist attack like when right. the terrorist attack, they're like, don't let them ruin your lives. You go right. about your lives. If you don't go to Disneyland, yeah. the terrorists <laughs> yeah, win. Exactly. And people are reacting <laughs> that way to a pandemic, which is not the correct response. It's like right. if the pandemic wins if you don't go to the beach in Jacksonville. It's like, no, 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 that's for terrorists. That's the terrorist attitude. For pandemic attitude, it's stay at home. It's Rosie the Riveter shit. Do your part. And all you got to do yeah. is just fucking not hurt. Stay, stay home. It feels yeah. like people are like really like will do anything to like regain any sense of control over their lives too is just like oh what is one like I oh I can make a choice let me make a bad one but like <laughs> people are just excited yeah. to be making choices like without regard for anyone else I will say along the same lines I think a lot of people in this country and uh I again I'm because of privilege unaware of this I think a lot of people in this country's lives according to them suck shit for 50 to 51 weeks out of the year then they get this week to go to the beach in Jacksonville and then it's like no sorry you can't it's dangerous and they're like no fuck it <laughs> I, there's no you can't take the I think I would have had that attitude when I was 20. I feel like my dad would have had that attitude if he was still alive. He'd be like, I bust my ass all fucking year. You're not telling me I can't do blank. Like, <laughs> right. I think there's that, like, right. modern, that yeah. attitude. And it's because we're so fucking beaten down to live for our vacation or live for our freedom. Yeah. Like, destroy yourself emotionally, physically, spiritually, family <laughs> for your country. But one week a year, go fucking ham. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's like, and then people yeah. are told they can't do that or... On the weekends, you can't go to Jacksonville after working a 70-hour shift. Right. So this is kind of a... I, I fully agree that it's, you know, just the fact that we can't deal with this very basic part where, you know, everybody is supposed to be sheltering in place, but, you know, they, it's been politicized to the point that they're now, you know, that that's going away, and now there's some... Uh, you know, speculation and disagreement added to the mix. And now people are uh, heckling healthcare workers in Colorado at a, a uh, protest where they were basically protesting stay at home orders. Um, mm. They started heckling healthcare workers, which is something that happens actually throughout history. Anytime there's a, 
a pandemic or a plague, uh, healthcare workers end up being attacked and it'll probably happen. That's probably where we're headed. But this is still sort of a very basic stage of this pandemic. And this New York Times article uh, over the weekend looked at kind of what the next two years will look like. And some of the stages were just very sci-fi dystopia, while also I feel like being a little bit too optimistic in places. But they start out talking about something that we talked about last week, the possibility that people with antibodies will get like these immunity passports that they will then be able to go out and work and society will be sort of uh, informally split into these two classes. You've got like the immune people who can work and then the people who have to shelter at home. And, you know, they speculate about the possibility that, you know, you see your neighbor being able to go to work and sometimes it will be them going to work the job that you lost because you can't like that's going to it's going to really fuck with people. Jesus. Yeah. And then maybe like if you have uh, the antibodies, you get like a uh, if you don't if you haven't had coronavirus yet or you're sick or something, you get a little mark on you like on your jacket. You have to wear like something that says like you're less of a citizen. And then if you have the antibodies, you get like a special hat that says like like Stanford experiment style. You're in charge. And you can <laughs> right. do whatever the yeah, fuck exactly. you want. That's like, it's just another yeah. way to divide people. And it's like, guess what? Families of wealthy people buying the hats that say their kids are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's going to just immediately yeah. be. And guess what? Exactly. Rich people hack the system. They're all working. It's black people who have the problem now. It's got right. this freaky, like, all, like eugenics vibe to it, too. Yeah. Because imagine, yeah. right? You need the economy going. It's like, Nah, man, we only work with people with immunity passes or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we need people out there fucking it putting sound, in shit. It sounds like man. a bad metaphor, like that would be, someone would use in a shitty book. They're like, well, if you think about it, the passport means, but like it, right. it opens up doorways and allows you access you to places understand? and things. It just sounds but, like a shitty metaphor. Yeah. No, but like to the point where, like, even like, at, like if you think of like if we go even sci-fi more sci-fi about how a corporation would look at potential employees it's that like well actually we only like people with this genetic makeup because it allows them to do the work we need at our company and right. then like that's like a desirable trait where it's like hey my fucking grandfather was an immunity pass holder my right. fucking dad <laughs> and right. me my fucking kid is not gonna marry some fucking shelter in place weakling like you know what I mean like that's what I feel like it leads to. And like realistically, people will falsify, like people will find out how to forge yeah. immunity passports if they, if they want to, not if they want to, but like if, if it comes to that and the government assistance for people who are sheltering in place doesn't come through the way it needs to, people will just fake immunity passports. Of, like of 100, there's going to be like a wealthy hookup guy who's like, right. yeah, hey, billionaires reach out. I'm fucking selling these passes. Uh, or you, you guys got political sway. Ask your fucking senators for a, a pass oh, right one other possibility that they mention is that people will have party like there there's this uh, urban legend that i think might actually be partially true in like brentwood and uh really rich uh anti-vaxxer communities but uh that people would like have chicken pox parties where they would bring their kids together so the kids get chicken pox and get it out of the way at the same time so the families can all fucking vacation together or whatever. Who knows? But this person was, I'll just read the quote. My daughter, who is a Harvard economist, keeps telling me her age group needs (laughs) to have COVID-19 parties to develop immunity and keep the economy going. Uh, And they're like, I mean, that's probably something that young people who are desperate enough would I mean, granted, any sentence that starts my daughter, who is a Harvard economist, can <laughs> fuck itself straight away, but it does underline something. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can, I can see that. Like, that is a possibility I could see where people are just, uh, even if you're in a shelter at home position or like being told to shelter at home, you would go out to try and get it or like you wouldn't give a fuck about getting it because then it makes you more economically viable and you're young enough that you think you're not going to die, even though a lot of like young, healthy people have been dying. But that, that detail kind of underlined for me that there are all these like sci-fi realities from history that I don't know why we don't 
when sci-fi realities and like dystopian shit starts happening in our society, we're like, whoa, this is out of fiction, but it's like, well, it's also out of the past. Like the we're past. Trying to get to Elysium, man. Like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop pitching Elysium, Miles. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> no one else right, has right. seen it. All right, I'll, one. All right I'll, I'll find another opportunity. Let me just cool that one off for a sec. I'll be back with it. <laughs> Whatever. The government this is like might Elysium. take over and. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You said it in the Taco Bell drive through dude. I don't know. It's like fucking the whole thing, dude. <laughs> this sounds like a shitty Jessica Chastain movie. They're like yeah. that like Jessica Chastain and Amy a- or Amy, Amy Adams is in, are in all of these scenario movies. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know the scenario movies? Yeah, the I think you're describing movies. movies. No, the movies with so, the scenarios. The movies that have scenarios in them. No, 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 no. Uh, the scenario movies. Did um like um, with, with in this future where there's the haves and have-nots of the immunity passport or whatever, is that assuming that it there's like once we treat it that that's how people are just going to be sort of broken up or that sort of one phase until we can we're able to treat or vaccine or whatever. I think this is more middle distance, like before we have a vaccine. Got it. People who have been exposed or who are able to get the antibodies somehow. Yeah, I could see there being some some version where people are getting transfusions to get the antibodies into their blood. Right. Like very rich people. But yeah, that that's generally the idea is that before we can actually have the vaccine, the economy will be such... Like, this is more the next six months type of a scenario. And then they just talk about how far away the vaccine is. Like, the the shit that they, like, how they develop vaccines, like, involves them putting viruses in, like, something called a cellular broth. They're talking about, like, converting old uh, liquor and beer plants to, like, uh, large fermentation vats to try and develop the uh, vaccines which is just very, it sounds much less kind of laser precision than I was expecting the process to be. <laughs> yeah, like an old copper still and a fucking like wooden paddle. And they're like, yep, just yeah. cooking up some vaccine. Just a guy with like a giant spoon just stirring <laughs> a fucking cellular how much is broth. A, how, much does a, how much does a quart of cellular broth go for? What's cellular know, broth? Sounds delicious. <laughs> Yeah. It honestly sounds like some mm. shit people in LA. That's the new diet <laughs> thing because we went to like beat bone broth. broth and shit. Like, nah, I'm on strict cellular yeah. broth now. Yeah, it's, it's hand whisks for three hours. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how this IPA is tasting. They're- no, not that barrel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it tastes exactly like IPA. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, God. Awful. Wow, this is going to give me diarrhea tomorrow anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have gluten-free cellular broth? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, if you'll give us a moment, Jamie and I want to talk the last dance here real quick. Yeah. <laughs> right, for sure. Absolutely. I think we need to because I, don't, kind of our thing. I do think a lot of people watched it last night uh, or two nights ago. Uh, this is episode correct. one and two of a ESPN 10-part uh, docuseries about- It's going to uh, be 10 parts? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I think I just gave up on watching it. I was like, I definitely want to watch it. Right. You said it was 10 parts, and I, in my head I went, nope, not happening. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's going to be four. It's going to be four. I know, especially right now when absolutely no one has time. It's just like, <laughs> what were they thinking? It should have been four. That's my first note. And I have a lot of... No, I'm kidding. Go ahead, <laughs> A lot of notes. Okay. For these so you got notes. I mean, so basically the entire thing, I talked about how I read this book, David Halberstam's uh, Playing for Keeps, uh, to prepare for this docuseries. And it's basically kind of a rehab. Like it's the exact same premise. It's like covering the very last season of Jordan's bulls. And then it like goes back in time. It really like follows the exact same blueprint. Um, But there are definitely some things that change how you like, but by seeing Michael Jordan, he's like so likable and good looking and amazing to watch that you can't, 
really like, him as much. He's still what? like, well, good looking and amazing at watch. And his like biceps are like, I don't know if he's like even lifting weights, but I don't know the way he cut. It's like, maybe I like all push ups. He's just like, I like you know, his he's mustache, like... his jeans, his baseball swing. He's so handsome. He's so nice. He's not like the other no, we, boys. Jack. Uh, no, it's I'm true. not shading. I love, I, we, I, we love how much of a fan you are. That's just funny because people so too are tweeting at us. They're like, Jack's going to be talking about this, right? Like, we've got to get the takes. <laughs> so here's my take. The current Michael Jordan, uh, he was, I thought he had two hot dogs next to him, but they were actually the two fattest cigars I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> I thought he had like a glass of whiskey and two his hot dogs. Eyes so red. I, uh, I don't know. His, he needs Visine. Like, he, that's the only thing I could think of when the old Michael Jordan was being interviewed was, he looks so either high or hungover. It's incredible. His eyes are like bright red bloodshot every time. I couldn't he, get it's past like he hasn't the hot dogs. Bizine. I don't know. The, the giant hot dogs. They were too <laughs> You thought giant. he was just, just had some loose hot dogs? It yeah. gets more confusing, confusing when you find out he has two hot dog-sized cigars on the table next to him the whole time. Uh, that's like pure. That's pure '90s guy celebrity <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, well, that was like Stokes, the coolest dude. shit in the '90s. Got those hot dog-sized cigars. Every yeah. actor did a cover for Cigar Aficionado. If you search, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, search your favorite male celebrity as plus cigar, and every one of them is like. <laughs> Yeah, these fifty-year-old, fifty-year-old actors fucking love cigars. I if you were in, yeah, if you were in any film that Jerry Bruckheimer or Michael Bay touched, it came. <laughs> you, part of your agreement to be in the film was you had to be on the cover of Cigar Aficionado, even if you're a well, woman. Well, that that, too. and you have to get huge ass veneers too. That's the right. other side of the Bruckheimer coin. Big right. veneers, yeah. skull rings, and, uh, <laughs> cigar aficionado magazine. <laughs> As I smoke a blunt on Zoom. <laughs> I mean, Jerry Krause obviously is the villain of the first couple episodes. Uh, he's the GM. He just looks like absolute shit in every shot. <laughs> so it's like, it's not fair right. at all. Like he's in this documentary with just all the best athletes in the world. These like large, uh, you know, statuesque people. And he's just this like flabby little troll who like, his facial expression is just like looks like he's taking the shit that killed Elvis and having a stroke <laughs> at the same time. Um, but oh my God. yeah, I mean, so Jamie, like watching yes. young Michael Jordan, you were just like, whatever. No, I was like, I got a, I, I, I got a, like a crush, and he and ball his life. Those are the two. Ball is life. He really yeah. says it over and over, and he never says it in those words. And you got to appreciate the art of not just having. <laughs> yeah. It would be so hard the if you were Michael Jordan to not just say ball is life all the time. But yeah, yeah, like as if he's Groot. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> ball, ball it's like that's all Michael Jordan can say, man. <laughs> Michael, uh, oh my god, like six <laughs> championships. You must be so happy. All his life. They, one <laughs> yeah. of the unexpected parts of the docuseries is uh, they talk about the 84 Bulls, like the team that he joined that was called the Roving Cocaine Circus at one point. <laughs> Uh, by the media. <laughs> and Jordan Jordan like reacts like you guys just react. He's like laughing so hard and he's like, Hey man, I'm not gonna get into specifics. And then he proceeds to tell a story where he like goes to one of the guys' hotel rooms and he's like, Every other member on the team was there doing lines and cheating on their wives. Like it's like, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do a good job of uh oh my God. Of not blowing up everyone. Hey, I'm spot. not gonna get into all that, man, but you should have seen, man, this guy. He's got post nasal yeah. drip now because he's got no sinuses. Oh, here's another. Okay, here's another observation. The, did you guys notice that F Facebook sponsored the whole documentary, but they kept calling themselves the Facebook company? The Facebook company. What the fuck yeah. is that? They brought the the back. They brought the the uh, after Justin Timberlake the the told them not to. Yeah. Oh, he said shit. drop the the. It's cleaner. You know, it's a it's an iconic right, yeah, line yeah. read. Have we reached yeah. Justin Timberlake for comment? I don't know. Yeah, no. someone should reach out to him. He might be too busy uh, cheating on Jessica Biel, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. He gets back to Ouch. Us. Shade. Oh, my gosh. Phil Jackson was definitely on his uh, hipster swag shit a uh, decade early. He has like a beard when nobody did. 
He's wearing like trench coats and just like awkward clothes that don't really fit him. Uh, and they show like a flashback to when he was hired and he's wearing like weird glasses and a baseball hat. He looks like he's being styled by Brandon Wardell. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I, a reference I got. <laughs> Jack, you are my Dennis Miller. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you've been dressed up by Brandon Wardell, babe. You're looking like a Wardell, babe. Uh, Yeah, but still, babe. (laughs) Say hello to yeah, but still, babe. The only other thing, I mean, the thing you have to keep reminding yourself, uh, it's easy to forget, but Jordan punched Steve Kerr in the face. Uh, So that's good to keep in mind because Steve Kerr is like in there and is just as likable as always. He punched him in the face during practice. Uh, And Steve Kerr punched him back, which I, I never knew that part of the story, but. Fuck yeah, Steve Kerr rules. And then there's this other anecdote that's not in the documentary, uh, but that I think gets at the same thing that is worth keeping in mind while watching the documentary because it seems like he's, you know, very competitive, but still like fun to be around, at least thus far. Uh, So this is a quote from somebody named Warren Sharp, who is... I don't know, like just somebody who talked to somebody who golfed with him. He says, the day before game four of the Bulls-Suns finals with the Bulls leading the series 2-1, Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley went golfing. They played 48 holes, which is a random number. I don't know why. (laughs) Of golf, and Michael bought Charles a $20,000 diamond earring. Johnny asked MJ, what did you do all that for? Michael responded, he won't get in my way the rest of the series. What's $20,000 to me? Charles thinks we're great friends. I hate that fat fuck. Jordan <laughs> dropped 55 in game four, and Barkley never touched him once. <laughs> Worth. Because <laughs> he'll just, he's just master of the, the mind side. fuck, dude. Yeah. Like taps into that dark Phoenix energy. <laughs> yeah. One of the good 4G or 4D, uh, 4G chess. Uh, 5G. 5G chess, uh, 4D chess quotes from the book. It talks about how he would like talk to all the beat reporters from other teams to like find out dirt about the players he was going against, like find out their psychological weakness. Uh, very, very <laughs> fucking rule. Yeah, I just love I a, a, a version of that though, where he takes it to the next. I was like, oh man, he hates snakes, and like Michael somehow has like snakes on him during the game and shit. Like every time, like he takes it so literally, o- o- like, opens his mouth and he has like a baby garter snake in there. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Sean Kemp, fucking drops the ball yeah. out of. Him. But yeah. a snake so small that like people that no one would ever believe him either. <laughs> like, no, there's a right, snake right. in his mouth. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, he has a and he's like, yeah, man, I brought a yeah, snake sure. in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> every story you hear about Jordan, like every athlete that uh, excelled in, or every person that excelled in life has like some personality facet where you're like, you know, they were outside taking slap shots seven hours a day, or like they can look at someone, break them down emotionally, and know what they wanted or needed, and that's why he's a master businessman. Uh, every Jordan has one of those in every category. Like, right? He's yeah, like, exactly. yeah, he went outside right. and played for a thousand hours every week. Right. He's a psychological. Yeah. He's a genius. He's physically built perfectly for the sport. He's also mentally built. Like, yeah. he's got like literally like like a Michael Phelps thing where it's like his body's perfect for swimming, and he's dumb enough to look at the bla- a black line <laughs> for fucking eleven hours a day in a, in a chlorinated pool. He's like built to uh, succeed in this way. Jordan, has, I loved like, that Olympic. <laughs> I loved that Olympic segment where they said Phelps was dumb enough to look at a black line. For the guy could do 40,000 yards a day in a pool because he's fucking looking at a black line. He doesn't need to be challenged. He's fucking. <laughs> That's so true. One of the quotes from him is like, sometimes I forget I'm swimming. <laughs> and you're like, okay. <laughs> what? I've nearly drowned five times. Yeah. <laughs> but Jordan, Jordan has all those stories where he mentally goes the way you, he goes deeper than you have to go. He already has the mental acumen. He's like yeah. blessed with all this gifted talent, and then also blessed with this in, like this ambition to the nth degree. Yeah. And it's just it's really <laughs> remarkable. He fucking switches sports. 
Got snakes. The guy, on he him. suck. Even if you suck at baseball, <laughs> to just switch and fucking play baseball is wild cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just to be like, oh yeah, I could also play that sport too, motherfucker. Watch. You're like, <laughs> People are starting shit. to write like revisionist articles about how he like was headed for the majors, but he he sucked. He wasn't gonna go to the majors. No, he I remember that was like a thing my dad had to tell me as a kid when he went to do baseball. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna be in the, the major league baseball. He's like. No, he will not. <laughs> but they're not going to write about that. But he will not be in Major League Baseball. I'm like, but dad, he, but he's Michael Jordan. I'm like, that doesn't mean he's he's good at baseball. Yeah, the, yeah. and that <laughs> fucked me up. I remember yeah. that was the moment I realized he was human. Because in my I mind, was- he was like. <laughs> He was ready to be the fucking, like, whatever, rookie of the year in Major League Baseball. I'm like, it's Michael Jordan. He's the greatest at whatever <laughs> right, he does. Right. Mm-hmm. Bro, that's some real shit. Like, between that and Phantom Menace in your childhood, like, you learn not to, like, look <laughs> yeah. forward to shit. Like, yeah, anything like, nah. in your life that you're like, I dr- oh, this sounds amazing. It's like, don't get your hopes up, yeah. kid. <laughs> They're like, we have limits, man. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> Same thing happened to me when Carl Malone wrestled Diamond Dallas Page. I was like, well, he's the mailman. He's got to always deliver. (laughs) (laughs) You were a huge Malone fan? I, dude, the dream, the OG dream team, like I was the perfect age. I didn't care. I didn't like basketball. I wasn't good at it. I didn't play it. So I didn't have a huge fandom of it. But the dream team was so perfectly marketed for my age. And I know every player on that. I don't know anything about current basketball, but I could probably I, I could name like all the way down to Leitner on the fucking depth chart of that dream team. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And I can't the believe they went with Leitner over Shaq. But yeah, that was that was really cool. <laughs> well, he hit that buzzer beater and it, it was great TV. Yeah. Oh, um, and America loves like a young white kid who hustles yeah, exactly. in a sport yeah. dominated by black people. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the most activate middle America. It's like uh, Bill Romanowski's got heart. You know, you're like, shut up. <laughs> 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 we know what you're saying. He's got hustle. Okay. Uh-huh. Damn, yeah. Christian later in the right 50. way. <laughs> it's weird to think that man is 50 years old. As I look at his Holy Wikipedia, I'm like. Shit. What Leitner? Holy shit. He yeah, was a Christian kid when I was. Yeah, oh, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm like, wow, man, time, huh? Dude, remember the first time you were older than a cop? That was the shit that blew my <laughs> yeah. mind. Yeah, when I like, was like 25 walking through New York City, I'm like, who the fuck is this kid with a what? gun? <laughs> like, and I'm now having to fight the urge to talk shit to you because yeah. you're younger than me. <laughs> All right, guys, let's take another quick break, and we'll be back to talk about Demolition Man. And we're back, and Super Producer Anna Hosnia pointed out we forgot to talk about how underrated Scottie Pippen is. We'll talk about him in the next one. I just had to go on for three minutes about how beautiful Michael Jordan is. Uh, that was important. I think I think it was important to the listeners. Hey, what do you uh, think, though, but, his arms, though? Is that just all push-ups, pull-ups? Oh, unbelievable. What are you talking about? Any weights? Just, well, but the thing is that he was so strong, but, like, you can't – he looked wiry. Like, that's that's what was truly incredible about – anyways, um, amazing physique, amazing physique. A uh, demolition man. Uh, speaking of amazing physiques and people who smoke cigars, uh, demolition what is man. Demolition man. Oh, go ahead. Allow. I leave this me. to you, Gabriel. <laughs> Gabriel so, Sylvester Stallone plays a cop uh, from the future who's frozen and then uh, uniced even further in the future when uh, he must help to bring down Wesley Snipes, who is an unfrozen criminal. Um, and he's partnered with new cop Sandra Bullock, who's kind of a fan of the old ways of the old like right wing fantasy action movie cop of the 90s. Uh-huh. But the future is different. It's soft now. But I think the yeah. main comparison to current climate is the lack of toilet paper. Correct. Like we're yeah. all doing seashells. Right, no, toilet use paper. The, <laughs> use the shells. <laughs> yeah they so they don't have toilet paper they use shells which and there's like it's kind of a joke that you never really know how the shells work but uh the other thing is that nobody wants to touch each other like they have uh non-touch sex and like video meetings and stuff like that the hunka chunka um, as sylvester <laughs> he calls it the hunka chunka in that movie yeah <laughs> oh. hey, you do, they don't do the hunka chunka yeah, you know, you do a little uh, hunka chunka, you know? yeah. 
Um, yeah, the they got the. I mean, they said all restaurants would be Taco Bell, uh, which is yeah. close. <laughs> Taco Give Bell, it like months. it was kind of calling your shot because Taco Bell did become our best restaurant, which I probably wouldn't have foreseen in the early nineties. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, as they put it in the in the parlance of the times of then, they won the Taco Bell won the franchise wars, uh, and yeah. that's how they ended up on top. Uh, because in San Angeles uh, in the year twenty thirty two, what you're talking about is we've moved on to more of like a pacifist way of living because uh, this sort of like Raymond Cocteau, this figure who's like a self help improvement guru, he's runs the city and has dictated this new culture we live in now in San Angeles. I love Demolition Man so much my dad took me to see this shit in the movie theater in 1993 i was nine years old wow i was there at 11 with see my Demolition dad Man. <laughs> yeah and i was like i couldn't because my dad was like yo this is gonna be fucking tight like i was like great <laughs> like i'm nine like let's do this shit and there's like i like it was a full-on R-rated film fine whatever um you but see I think stallone's also, ass pretty well too it's, yeah it's really? fucking you see a shredded oh, ass, dude. Is it tight? <laughs> it's oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, you gotta see it, I'm man. I look it up. Oh, yeah. But um, the, guy, the guy who directed it is this artist named Marco Brambia, and I think that's why my dad went first, because he's an, he's an artist. This guy does like a lot of really great video art. If you've ever been to The Standard in New York, uh, the video in the hotel that's like going up and down that shows all the trippy shit as you're descending and ascending. That's that's made by Marco Brambia, the guy who directed oh, cool. Demolition Man. So he he got into this film is actually really trippy because he was like this art dude. And when he made the film, he's like, I want to make something fucking weird. And this was kind of right up his alley. But when he saw how much influence the studios had on him and how to make the film, He's, he never made a film after that. He's like, fuck this. Like, that's the only <laughs> film he made. And he just went to doing art. But he was like, this is his like one moment and it's fucking that's Demolition a, Man. That's a fucking baller IMDB page where it just says director. <laughs> you click on it and it just says Demolition Man. And Demolition. that's it. Yeah. That fucking rules, dude. Fucking that's mic drop, mic bro. Drop, yeah. <laughs> Yo, another highlight of that movie is it features Dennis Miller as like the underground voice Leary. guy. Bad. Yeah, Dennis Leary, rather. Sorry. Um, Jack's got me in Dennis Miller headspace. Dennis Leary does <laughs> fucking like eight minutes from his own stand up hour in the movie. <laughs> like it's straight up. <laughs> it's, he's straight up. What are they, fucking rat burgers? Feed them to me. Yeah. Who cares? It's like, what? Yeah. He did this in your fucking. Why is this happening? The Cure for Cancer or whatever the name of that special was. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. I can't find any picture of Sylvester Stallone's ass on Google Images. Oh, go to search frozen on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just check your DMs. They're probably in the request <laughs> folder. <laughs> I've sent I've sent you a dozen in the last couple of years. <laughs> if you maybe you just got to look for the the scene where he's being frozen. Yeah, frozen Stallone ass. Frozen I think Stallone that'll ass. that'll do it for you. <laughs> Gabrus, have you been watching any action movies during the quarantine? Is anything kind of hitting different now that you're in the uh, quarantine? It's really hard because something I've noticed that's uh, that I'm trying to uh, process is that so many of these action movies feel like that's what's inspiring some of the worst personalities and movements in America. It's like so much shit about like <laughs> all these movies I grew up watching, I'm now watching are like, White guys with guns taking it upon themselves to kill criminals and like yeah. uh, uh, groups of like elite soldiers being lauded as the only heroes in the world. Cops being heroes. Uh, uh, very odd opinions towards women and minorities throughout all of these movies in the 80s and 90s. Uh, insane yeah. rampant homophobia. <laughs> and it's fine. I can watch these movies and compartmentalize them to a time period. But when your president's favorite movie is Bloodsport. You're starting yeah. to realize, like, holy shit, the part of my brain that knows that, rec like, some people don't have that. This is a guy who's yeah. like, Charles Bronson would fix Detroit, you know? <laughs> like, you know, like <laughs> right. what? No, no, no. no. <laughs> right. like, that's not, a we need a 60 year old man with a gun and, the and license to kill. Uh, so, like, that's the hard part about action movies. And also, any movie that features anything about, like, um, the American people having trouble, it features, like, bureaucrats making incorrect selfish choices which are like yeah. sort of all we're seeing in the news and so the, the moment yeah. when the moment when the lieutenant's like 
well, who cares? We need the nuclear power. Keep it open. Don't tell the authorities for another five minutes or whatever. Cover my ass. Right. Every dumb right. decision they make, it's the same shit we're doing now. It's yeah. crazy. The biggest but- renegade against the bureaucracy is Donald Trump. Like he, <laughs> right. he fulfills the... He's a loose cannon. But we, he's the uh, loose cannon we need. I think that's exactly what is how his followers think of him. So what I've been watching for comfort that's sort of action adjacent are courtroom and journalism thrillers because mm. they really are, uh, especially like the, the stupid Grisham ones, like those the 90s ones that they just stack the yeah. shit out of the cast. But then also it's always like the little person fucking over corporate America or like the corrupt government. So like those are the movies that are giving me life at this point. I'm watching for inspiration. I've like I've watched all the President's Men. I've watched Runaway Jury, The Rainmaker. All these movies are just about like little people with uh, who make a brave choice to bring down some corporate uh, uh, like uh, corruption. That shit I, yeah. I just need in my veins right now, just to, so I can keep having hope that there's someone somewhere working on our behalf like making smart yeah. decisions somewhere in the, i hope the deep state is real <laughs> <laughs> long story short i'm rooting for the deep state i am too i just hope they're more competent than they are in uh in movies <laughs> fair enough <laughs> all right well john it's been a pleasure having you man where can people find you follow you hear you uh, I'm at gabris on all social media and you can listen to my podcast high and mighty or Action Boys, if you got $5 a month, that shit's on Patreon. But we have a bunch of free episodes released, so if you want to give that a listen and uh, see if it's for you, do it. The Batman one that you released on High and Mighty was probably the hardest I've laughed at a uh, podcast during the quar. Oh, so, thanks, Jack. People I appreciate should check that, that shit out. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and is there a tweet uh, or some other act of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, okay. Yes. It came out like three weeks ago, but I've, I haven't done this in a long time. I've been revisiting this tweet. It's a tweet by Sven Johnson. Uh, handle is S-W-E-M-B-O-2000. And the tweet says, put me in coach. And then it's just some weird ass video of like the beginning of like that dent, 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 that baseball song. And this dude yeah. walks in in a baseball uniform with just like the weirdest. I can't even articulate. I'm going to try to articulate a viral video as if I'm my own mother. <laughs> but uh, uh, he walks in with such a weird posture and a baseball bat in his hand. And he's kind of smashing the coffee table and stuff. And then his mom comes or a, a woman of age comes in and screams, hey, knock it off and starts yelling at him. But it only peaks the music louder and his aggression even louder. <laughs> and he just starts going fucking apeshit. And then it pans over real quick. And there's like a weird guy, maybe the dad or a weird neighbor, or older brother who's playing the song live on piano and when the mom it culminates with him wailing a fucking huge rack of forks and knives off of a counter it's the funniest i I know i just explained a video to you but please just please watch this video i cannot i've been laughing at it. it's been giving me such fucking relief in this quarantine (laughs) uh jamie where can people find you what's a tweet you've been enjoying uh good find me on twitter at jamie loftus help at instagram on Jamie at Jamie Christ Superstar, we're doing an episode uh the Bechtel cast on Clue this week because we're only doing movies that put me in a really good mood right now. Nice, uh, all so right. Clue episode impending. Uh, I'm gonna do a f- the Facebook company tweet uh, from <laughs> at Smills uh, <laughs> that just attaches uh, Facebook being called the Facebook company, and then it's the uh, image from Arrested Development where, where all the magicians say we demand to be taken seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miles, where, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Grey, uh, my <laughs> other show, 420 Day Fiance, talking about 90 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra and getting fucking high. Um, some tweets that I like. First, actually, there are two from Reductress that are really great. One uh, is at Reductress. Quiz, are you white enough to smoke weed without consequence? Uh, it's like this woman just, it's a white woman smoking a joint like on a beach, like around people. And then another one uh, uh, Reduct- at Reductress, a woman with like the, you know, traditional stock photo pouty face. And it says, I moved to a hip city to pretend to be poor, not to actually be poor. (laughs) 
Seductress is so good. At Devin Palmer uh, tweeted, well, I officially just got laid off of my job at Redbox, so I'm finally allowed to say, yes, there is a person inside the Redbox. I was one of them, and I loved it. (laughs) And House Jerk uh, at at Rajan Delman tweeted, much like Pac-Man, I also eat in order to outrun my ghosts. Uh, mm-hmm. Find me on Twitter one. at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we write out on Miles. What's that going to be today? Uh, this is a track from, I think, a r- relatively new Christina the Queen's uh, LP, EP, LP, I think. Yeah, it's probably LP length. Uh, <laughs> and the track's called I Disappear in Your Arms, but it's the bonus version. There's two versions on the album. One's in French. This is the version that's in English. Uh, and it's just got, you know, fucking... Va- I, I was vacuuming hard to this shit. I had the vacuum going, my headphones going. You know, do some work, do some cleanup, get some energy uh, to your day, and have a blessed... Do it. Uh, all right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever. Find podcasts or give it away for free. That is going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to you guys then. Bye. 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 Don't you dare.